I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know this. But apparently, Under God and the Pledge of Allegiance was not originally in there. Like, that was added after the fact. Anyone know that? No. No? Yeah, apparently, and uh, it was originally composed in 1887 by George Balch. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, but he was a Baptist minister slash socialist, apparently, which in a way was kind of like an oxymoron. Because yeah. Baptist, socialist... Uh, Kind of like government efficiency or jumbo shrimp or like, or Microsoft works, you know. I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. I'm just messing, I'm just messing. But it wasn't until 1954 uh, that it was President Eisenhower who suggested that Congress added the phrase under God. So I know a lot of people freak out even if when people say we should take under God out of it. Um, but honestly, originally wasn't there. And personally, you could take it out. You could keep it in. Um, it, that's not, I, I believe we all agree. It's not what really defines that, you know, God is in control because his name is in the pledge of allegiance, but people freak out, right? Like, no, God is supposed to be there. Um, but it originally wasn't. Um, I have this chart that if you're taking notes, um, I'm going to give you time to kind of maybe draw this out, but what are you under? And again, we're going to talk about, are you under culture? Are you under God? And, uh, and so you can kind of, can use that scale to actually take a moment to think of, you know, where are you? One would probably mean, uh, I am so under culture, like God probably isn't even on your radar. So I don't think there's anyone in this room that would probably say I'm a one. Like I believe I'm completely, culture dictates my life. Um, you know, maybe you're like, no, God is everything. No matter like what happens, like I am under uh, full, under his full authority. You might put yourself in nine or 10. Um, but again, this isn't something that you are, need to share your number right now, but to maybe really reflect tonight, you know, ah, maybe I'm more of a four. You know, I feel like I'm maybe really under culture and, and I'm about to break down some of those areas. Maybe you're like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what, what does it even mean to be under culture or under God? So, but you kind of have this scale and I want to use that tonight for you to maybe think through it. Uh, I think a good example might be, let's say entertainment. All right. Entertainment. Maybe you would ask yourself entertainment. Um, you're more, maybe more under culture than you are under God. What that means is, is that you might look at the entertainment that you allow into your life. That could be TV shows. It could be Halloween Horror Nights. It could be, you know, anything that you're like, I get enjoyment from this. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? I probably don't consider like that that's good for me or not, or that God would be glorified if I enjoyed this entertainment, right? So, you know, you maybe enjoy Game of Thrones. I know some of us have. I watch on VidAngel. <laughs> if anyone knows about VidAngel, it cuts all that stuff out. Yeah, it's 10 a under God. 10 under God for you. <laughs> if VidAngel's involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without VidAngel, then you're a one, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of times with entertainment, if we really looked at it, we would say, man, I probably, maybe I lean a lot more to being influenced by culture because I hear this is great and I want to be a part of it. Um, or maybe there's a part where you're like, you know what? I know that this isn't healthy for me. I know this isn't what God would want for my life or whatever it is. You know what that thing is for entertainment. 
Uh, maybe money, you know, for some. We talked about money a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe we're influenced more by the, what culture has to say about money. I got to get mine, you know? Or there's that other side of like, you know, okay, God, you give me money, and because you do that, you're calling me to be a good steward of that, right? Uh, maybe it's words. Uh, you know, when you think of words as in, uh, am I actually communicating in a way uh, that glorifies God or culture maybe has really dictated what I say? Um, and that could be cursing, um, or maybe it's other things that are maybe negative or gossip or whatever. Uh, maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your work. I don't need to keep going. Just those are things that we have to start thinking about. Are, am I truly under God um, in areas of my life or if I'm honest, I'm maybe under culture. Uh, or tonight you might say that you might not really know, and that's okay. And I think this is a, an example that I think will help. We talked about a pre-service prayer. Um, have you ever been around a drunk person? Anyone? It's okay if you raise your hand. Doesn't, I'm not saying, are, were you ever drunk, right? Were you ever around someone who's intoxicated? Yes. A couple yes. people, okay. Um, so this person, they're under the influence. You probably could recognize that. Uh, but what happens is that I would say for most people who are under the influence of something, they don't fully know they're under the influence. All right. So what I mean is, is I think if people drink, right, they might know I'm feeling a certain way, but ultimately like, they're like, I'm not drunk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they don't, they can't fully think and comprehend like, oh, I've gone too far. Like I've done too much. Right. And so, uh, it affects Drinking would affect our thinking, um, you know, the way we talk, what's maybe attractive, especially for someone who's intoxicated. They might be like, you look good, you know. <laughs> Normally they wouldn't, I don't know. Or maybe they think they look good, you know, and we all know they are. No, I'm just, but <clears throat> uh, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. Um, but this, you're probably like, what does this have to do with under God? And I'll, I'll be honest, this message is not about like, you drink an alcohol. It's just, I want to give this example. And alcohol, I think, is a great way to kind of show that. So like being intoxicated with something, again, doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be some type of drug or anything else. It lowers our guard, right? So like things like that, you're like, oh, okay. You don't maybe realize that you're starting to do some things. You're more vulnerable, if we could agree on that. Uh, not always aware uh, that you're under the influence. So what if we are so intoxicated by culture that we aren't aware we're under the influence. All right, so let me, let me rephrase that so you don't miss it. Maybe you are so intoxicated with what culture is offering you that you're at a point right now where really you don't know that you're so intoxicated or influenced by the culture because you've allowed it to just be in your life so much that you're numb to the effects of what culture even offers. Right, that you maybe don't fully know, like someone who is drunk, they're like, oh, I didn't realize I've had way too many beers, you know? Man, I've allowed this entertainment to just consume my life so much that I'm intoxicated to the point I don't even know that it's just not healthy for me anymore. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel, and I think uh, Daniel's going to help us kind of break down um, how we can be under God especially because some things happened in his life that uh, he didn't plan. Uh, he was, Daniel was raised to worship Yahweh, all right? This is another word for God. Uh, and despite every cultural temptation, he remained under God. 
And so this is what pretty much happened. King Nebuchadnezzar, he was king of Babylon. He destroyed Jerusalem. Uh, he burned the temple. He wrecked the city, all this stuff, right? Uh, then this is what the king wanted. He wanted the best and the brightest, all right? This is kind of where Daniel gets pulled into this group, right? So there's a group of people that King Nebuchadnezzar wants. He wants the best. He wants the brightest uh, from Jerusalem. Daniel's a part of that. Um, and then they intentionally indoctrinate them into Babylonian culture, right? So again, this is like, we'll use Nazis, Germany, right? When they were going into another country, what they were wanting to do is that you were going to become German. Like, like you're going to speak and do the things of what Germans do, right? So this is kind of that same thing where you have this king saying, I know that you guys worship Yahweh, yeah, we're taking all that out and I'm going to teach you the Babylonian way, all right? So you kind of get the idea of where Daniel is in this situation now. I don't know why I keep holding on this. So, <clears throat> so he's wanting to train up these the best and the brightest in this government system. So I want to read this. For, uh, Daniel 1, verses 4 through 5. Um, forgive me if I don't, sometimes these names are weird. Uh, Ashpenaz is the chief of courts. Did I say it right? You think, you think I said it right? Cool. Chief of courts was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. So this is what they pretty much did. Change their language, change their education, right? They indoctrinated Babylonian thoughts. They changed their diet food dedicated to pagan gods. They changed even their names. Where the original names were related to Yahweh, they're now, they gave them new names were actually related to pagan gods. All right, so you're talking about a man who completely under a new government changed everything in his life. And that was wiping pretty much all of God, right? How much they could, I guess you could say, try to wipe God, Yahweh, out of the picture and say, hey, we're going to indoctrinate you with what we believe. This is what's crazy. This is what influence does. Influence changes how we think, then how we believe, and then ultimately how we behave. All right, so when there's something in our life, what is influencing us? That it first starts with a thought. It might not even be culture. Even for you today, it might be something that you might be thinking about yourself. And as you think it so much, you start to believe it. And because you believe it, you start to behave like it's so. This is ultimately what the enemy does. He wants you to think a certain way, then believe a certain way, and then ultimately start to behave a certain way. And this is what the king was trying to do to these, these men. I want you to think this way now. I want you to believe this way now. And ultimately then you will behave the way we want you to behave. I mean, for us today, we are on a full attack by the enemy. I mean, we all know he seduces, he lies, he's a deceiver. That's what he wants to do to you. And he uses culture all the time. He uses culture all the time to make you start thinking a certain way, right? I mean, again, let's go back to the politician ads and all that. I mean, they are ruthless. I mean, they are like, I don't even know how true some of the things they're saying are, or they take something and whatever, but every politician I've seen that's on TV, the other person is literally like the Antichrist. Like, you know what I mean? Like they are the worst person ever. And it, it's, 
You're like, man. But they are trying to train you to think, then believe, and then behave. Man, if you think and believe that that politician is really as corrupt as I said they are, then you will behave accordingly. You'll vote for me. Right? Now, that's just the government side, the politics side. But then for your life, do you actually believe that you're not worthy? Or not that you're a child of God or that you've been redeemed? Or how are you thinking? What do you truly believe about your life? And are you behaving accordingly? I think we could almost go in reverse. You might need to ask yourself this week, how am I behaving? Because if I, if I can see how I'm behaving, then I might be able to backtrack and say, wow, I would only do that because I believe it. And because I believe it, it's because I've been thinking this way. And if you don't want to behave that way, again, I'm not here to talk about sin management, but I just want to encourage you that if there's a, a way that you're behaving and you know it's not glorifying God, you might need to say, God, help me think and believe in the things that you want me to think and believe. Amen. So Daniel, change language, education, diet, names. For us, uh, what the enemy wants to do is he wants us to live in complacency. We've probably talked about that before. This is what's crazy is we can't halfway follow Jesus. Yep, that's right. We can't passively be a disciple of Jesus. So why do I bring that up? Again, we're talking about being under God. If we truly think, believe, and behave, or believe that Jesus has made a change in our life, that we believe that he is the son of God, that he is Lord of all, then am I behaving passively as a disciple? Or am I actively living under what he has called me to do? Like, here's some examples. For me, I might say, and this is something I've been struggling with, working out, all right? I've, I've lost it. It's not good. I gotta get it back, Cody. I gotta get it back. Thank you, I appreciate it. I needed that, thank you. <clears throat> but if I worked out one hour a month, I mean, would I really see results? Or I ate really healthy once a week, right? Like, that's good, I ate healthy, but it's not really gonna give me what I, I'm looking for. If I will give Sydney one hour a week to be nice to her, do you think our marriage is gonna go well? Because I'm like, oh, it's one hour a week, I will make sure I am the best in that hour. <laughs> but other than that, she doesn't deserve it. So I'm just going to be whatever, you know? Maybe I'll go to church for one hour. We do that on Sundays and think we are Jesus followers. You know, maybe your only time of actually pursuing God is right now on Monday night. Are we really going to grow, think and believe and behave and truly be under God when the time that we spend with him is probably, well, maybe we spend more time on Instagram than we do with him. And I say that as someone who finds myself struggling with that sometimes. Where it's like, wow, I spent more hours scrolling through Instagram and Facebook than I did getting in my word. I'm sure someone else here could probably be like, yeah, I relate, just easy. But I can't, I can't grow in my walk with God, truly learn to be under him if I'm only willing to give half of my effort. I'm passively seeking him. Uh, Daniel 1.8 says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. So getting back to Daniel, 
Uh, I love the word resolved uh, because ultimately what was happening, it was Daniel was like, you can change my name. You can change my language. I don't care, but I'm not going to eat the foods that you are offering to pagan gods. That's something where he was like, I, I, I will not stand for that because I know that what is put in my body is not going to glorify God, especially if it's worshiped to pagans. He didn't fight when his name was taken uh, or his outward label or whatever people saw him as. Uh, he didn't defend his name, but he took a stand when God's name was defamed. And that's something we learn from, from Daniel that, okay, like in our government, you can change my laws, right? Colorado can smoke weed. <laughs> you know, you can make same-sex same marriage. Like those are things that can happen. But at the end of the day, the time that I'm probably going to stand up to my government is when they start to defame the name of my God. Yes, that's right. But you can change the language here. You know, you can change how our schools are set up. Policies are changing all the time. Leaders are changing all the time. I mean, I can't believe it's already been two years that President Trump has been in office. Some of you are like, yes, two more, let's go. You know, and other you are like, 2020, let's go. But regardless, it's, it's crazy that... You know, God has placed people in our lives. But what I really want us to start focusing on now is what is your resolve? What is the thing that you would say, man, I, I will not stand for this anymore? And this is what I mean. Um, how you live under God when culture is increasingly hostile, you have to kind of have these predetermined resolutions. And so I have this, I mean, this is this quick thing. And this is just for you to write down if you want. We need to resolve in our heart so pretty much deciding beforehand, how do I want to live under God? So ultimately what I'm trying to get at is we need to start living a life that's proactive and not reactive, right? Start thinking of things, how do I want to live to be under God now before those things happen? Let me give you some examples. Not having sex until marriage, mm -hmm. all right? What that means is, is that let's say you were going on a date with someone I knew a pastor, I heard of a pastor who, uh, when he got out of his sinful lifestyle, he used to sleep around. He admits it on stage, you know, through his sermons. But he said, uh, when, he, when God was starting to take control of his life, he's like, okay, I, I believe that marriage and sex is like, that's where sex is supposed to be. And so when he would go on a date with a female, apparently the first thing he would say is, right before the date would start, Nice seeing you, but we're not having sex tonight. I don't know. It was like his funny way. He was like, I promise you, I said it. Like, but for him, I know it sounds weird, but his resolve was, if I don't get this out beforehand, what I don't want is we're now in the backseat of the car. We start kissing. And then I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 wait. oh yeah, forgot to tell you. You know, he pretty much his point was just saying, uh, when we resolve, we want to already be so proactive in living under God that we can say, hey, we want to do this and state it before we even get to that point, yeah. right? Because I'm sure a lot of us can say, man, I didn't plan to stumble into that sin. Yet there's actions that led us to that point. Mm -hmm. But if we maybe made some resolves and said, I'm not going to do this because I know this leads me here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, so examples could be like not getting drunk, right? Alcohol isn't bad. Uh, it's getting drunk. That's the sin. Uh, maybe speaking words of life, encourage and build up. Maybe saying, I will encourage and build up people, or I will not be negative and gossip. 
uh, maybe certain movies and shows. But George is funny. Like, I love that show. It's so funny. I like how someone said this, funny doesn't make wrong right. I find myself sometimes where I'm like, man, I probably should have checked the parent guide. I don't know if anyone else does that, but I'm, this is where I love Sydney because she'll keep me accountable. She'll be like, did you check the parent guide before we started watching this movie? And there'll be times where I'm like, no. And we'll check and it'll be like, yeah, we can't watch this because it tells you exactly like what's going to come up. And I'm appreciative that someone, I guess, is willing to watch it to let you, I don't know. It's an inter- I mean, someone has to see it to like, yeah, I, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, but for you, maybe it's saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a resolve today that this isn't something that I know is good for me or for others around me. I know it might be funny or I know it might be entertaining. Um, but I like how someone put this. Sometimes, especially in our culture, we start to binge sin. Like, oh, that episode was awesome. Let's go to the next one. And we binge it even though we know that what we're watching isn't glorifying God. Are we truly under God or are we under culture? But I want to be able to talk about this later with my friends. Maybe how you represent yourself on social media. Again, I I don't know what that looks like for you, but you're just saying, hey, I, I want people to see maybe more of God in my life or whatever. Your finances, being a good steward, tither, generous, or maybe forgiving those who hurt you and blessing those who curse you. I don't know what they are. These are just examples. But uh, oh, what movie was it? Was it Courageous? Was that the movie with the, the guys? Were they firefighters or policemen? Firefighters. That's firefighters. No, the, fire, okay, firefighters, police. What was the police officer one? Courageous. Courageous. At the end, they do a, a resolution, or right? They do, they do a result-like type thing. And what they have this ceremony at the end. And what's cool about it is what they're wanting to do is say, this is who we want to be as men men for our household and all that. And this is kind of like that same thing. It's like something that you want to put up on your mirror, in your room, on your fridge. You say, hey, today, these are the, this is the person I want to be. That I'm not going to allow the food and wine to defile me. You know, I'm choosing today to already be proactive in pursuing this than saying, man, I probably shouldn't have watched that show or I shouldn't have done this even though I knew I shouldn't have, but I just didn't think about it until afterwards. I don't know what that is for you you do. Deciding under God, don't run from culture though. We need to learn to how to influence it. I think that's key. A lot of times right now we could talk about this and be like, oh, well, okay, I just won't do this, 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 and this. And so really we're just running from it. What I want to encourage you with tonight is that if we're under God, if he's really influencing us, then the way we think, believe, and behave will start to influence the culture around us. I, that's what I love about seeing a lot of uh, Christians who are creative in ways. Let's say m- music is usually a big one, right? That how they're starting to enter into a culture. Uh, let's say it could be Christian rap, right? Some people like it, some people don't. But what I think is cool about some of those artists is that they, I'll see videos where they're literally in a cipher. Does anyone know what a cipher is? Cipher is uh, literally where there could be 20 rappers up here and one will come up to the mic and they just keep rapping on the beat. So one will go, next will come up. And it's like literally multiple people coming up and like rapping to this one beat. It's kind of cool if you're into that stuff. But the point is I saw a Christian artist come up 
everyone else around him, everything they were saying was all, all worldly, all worldly. And he comes up and he's just preaching about God. Like he didn't run from culture. He said, no, I'm going to be in the middle of this and I'm still going to speak the truth that I know about. And so I love that because I get encouraged in realizing that I can't really make a difference in the world when it's always just this, when it's just my fellow believers. Like we're pretty much like-minded, I believe. I'm sure maybe there's disagreements on little things, but ultimately like you're probably here because you're like, I believe in God. And you know, you believe in maybe what Illuminate's doing and you believe in the worship songs we're singing, but am I actually running from culture because I only will communicate about God here? Or will I talk about God when I'm at a party in my neighborhood, which we were at a couple weeks ago, and people were literally coming up to me saying, what do you think about this? Tell me more about God, right? I could have ran from that or I could say, hey, I know they've been having some alcohol, but that, Jesus was among sinners. He just didn't sin with them. That's right, amen. And so I just want to encourage you that the, the resolves that you have that, hey, I want to live a life that glorifies God doesn't mean you're running from culture. It means we need to go back in and start to influence it. Believe that you have a voice to do that. So next couple of weeks, you know, we'll be electing a new governor. Uh, and the next couple of years, we'll be electing uh, maybe a new president or uh, it'll be Trump's second term. No matter which party holds office, our God still holds the world. So we need to pray for our leadership and we need to be resolved to be under God. Um, I love, but Daniel resolved. Even though he had plans and God allowed him to go through this whole new government and things that I'm sure Daniel never wished upon himself, Daniel submitted to the government, but then when it came down to who God was for his life, he did not resolve. To faithfully live under God in culture often opposed to God, we again have to make some predetermined resolutions. Our culture is changing every single day. We've probably seen it again from same-sex marriage to, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many crazy things from there's more genders than two now. And yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I've seen the videos and I'm like, wow, people really believe this. But ultimately it's, what do I believe? And why stick true to that? First Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. I love that. Humble ourselves. Uh, when we were praying here, I think the, the thing that I was praying for for you guys is that you can continue to always be a student. Humbling yourselves, right? I think what I've seen a lot, uh, and not with you guys, but I've had friends going from high school when, they, when we went to college it was harder to talk to people after they started to get an education. And that might sound weird, like, you know, we're getting education, so we're learning things and we're learning different perspectives. Uh, but what I found was that even for myself, coming from a Christian college background to others who went to a secular college background, that we were almost so prideful in our thoughts that we never were allowing open dialogue and humbling ourselves to say, hey, I, let, I just want to hear you out. We kind of talked about that a little bit last week. Am I actually sitting knee to knee with someone who has a different belief than me and I humble myself? But I love that First Peter says that if we humble ourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, right? Not under culture, but under God's mighty hand, that he will lift you up in due time. I have this uh, thing, uh, if we can pull it up, culture and Jesus. This is what culture says. Culture says, promote yourself. Jesus says, 
deny yourself. Culture says consume. Jesus says give. Culture says hate those who hurt. Jesus says love them. Culture says pursue things. Jesus says pursue God. Culture says live for now. Live for the moment. Jesus says live for eternity. Culture says pursue happiness. Jesus says pursue righteousness, holiness. So you have this spectrum in your life right now. And your culture, our culture, wants us bad. Like, bad. I mean, I don't even, like, let's just take Satan out of it, the enemy, like the spiritual side. Just in general, us as people, like, there's products, there's services that, like, people want your attention. We've been talking about that with our youth. Uh, A saying that I heard from someone at another church said, whoever wants the next generation the most will have them. And what's cool about that saying is that Right now, Drake wants the youth. Mm-hmm. It's a weird way to think about it, but when he makes music, he's not making it just for fun. Like He's making it because he wants the students, he wants the adults to be consumed by his music. He makes money that way, then he gets to live his lifestyle, whatever. Apple wants you. Like they spend millions of dollars every year so they can put something in front of your face and you'd be like, ooh, shiny, I like it. (laughs) Bigger screen, yeah. $1,500, no problem. I know, that's the new iPhone. I'm just saying. But seriously, like when we think about this stuff, culture and Jesus, there's a point where we have to just take time to reflect And that's really all I'm asking for you this week is look at that spectrum and say, okay, what in my life am I probably leaning more under culture where I'm so influenced by that, that what they're saying, what they're doing is really going to determine how I behave or man, I really want to become more under God and what he says about me and what he is calling me to do. I'll start to think, believe and behave in that way. So here's the warning. I'll end with this and we'll go into the discussions. Uh, if you choose Jesus, people will laugh. And I know maybe, maybe physically, I don't know, maybe figuratively. I'm just saying people will, will mock. People will persecute. But I love, I love this. Don't, we shouldn't be worried when we are persecuted. We should worry when we're not. Because when we're not is a good indicator that we're under culture. Right? If I'm living the way of the culture, then they're going to give me good job. I mean, this is... It blew my mind when I was at Southeastern and at Liberty at these Christian schools and there were students there who would get upset because they would get caught doing the sinful things that they were doing. And I'm like, you could go to a state school for far cheaper where they will applaud you for doing even more than what you just did here at this private school. Yet like you're here. I'm not, I don't want you to be there, but we literally have places where people can go and it's like, yes. That was awesome. Let's film that. You know, let's, let's give him a reward or her this medal because they did this. I mean, it's crazy, but our culture, our age group, man. I mean, there's a lot that opens up for us at 18 and at 21. And we can get very easily consumed by what 18 and 21 allows in our life. But if you're not being persecuted for following Jesus... That could be a good indicator. 
And maybe that's not culture. Maybe it's the enemy. If you don't feel like you're being attacked, I, again, we've talked about this before. I almost have to start laughing when I know that the enemy's attacking. Why? Because then I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. 